<laughs> Season one, let's do it. Hey, beautiful humans, you're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, so today's episode is a little bit closer to home. I will be recording with my cousin, Natasha Ponomarenko. Um, She and I have obviously known each other since I was born. She's a couple of years older than me. And yeah, we have been getting so much closer just through the, through the years. Um, I think growing up, there was a bit of an age gap. And now we've been able to connect on more of a personal level. Um, she is a certified personal trainer. And I found that very, very fascinating because um, I was in into fitness a lot. And then I started sharing more about my health struggles on social media. And through that, Natasha um, and I just connected and were able to talk more about this stuff and ask each other questions and lean on each other for support. And one thing led to another. I embarked on this journey and I, after a couple months or so, then I became a nutritional therapy practitioner. And that inspired Natasha to kind of hop on board with the nutrition side of things and kind of connect all of the facets to health and wellness. So she was, she had the physical side down, but then she was incorporating nutrition and now we're making the link to the emotional side of things. So it's really, really cool having someone by your side and to be able to provide that support and just have your back. And not only that, obviously our moms are like super, super close. So we just sit there and make fun of them. It's so funny. Um, that was a side note. But now we're about to wrap up this course as functional diagnostic practitioners. So her and I will be able to run diagnostic lab tests on our clients. Um, I know she's revamping her her brand um, so it can tie all of these um, facets of wellness together so she can better assist her clients. Um, I do one day hope to become a certified um, personal trainer like her. Either that or like a yoga instructor. I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't been called to any of those in particular yet. I'm just open. Um, but I'm sure I'll be leaning on her for support 
whenever I do make that decision. Um, so yeah, she had the fitness down. Now she has the nutrition down to a T. I mean, if you guys aren't following her on social media, make sure that you do. Uh, Natasha five, five, eight, six, just recently found out that means it's her birthday. Um, and yeah, so she is, has just been a huge inspiration to me. Um, she's a Taurus son and just naturally she's super grounded and just carries this calm energy, which I need with my Aries son. I just feel like I'm so hyper and like all over the place sometimes. Um, or a lot of the times, especially at family gatherings, I'm like just always talking. There's Natasha with like her, her grounded spirit. And I totally need that in my life on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, she has been an inspiration as far as like all the meals that she puts together and she has her dog. She's always outside grounding, doing all the yoga, all the different types of types of exercise. So yeah. She's just an awesome person, and I'm not just saying that because she's my cousin. She is really down to earth, and I'm really excited excited for her to wrap up her end of the functional diagnostic uh, nutrition program so that she can issue um, these protocols that are customized um, and so bio-individual to each person. So not only that, I think we've been able to tie the emotional side of things because of the relationship that she's been in. Um, and that's kind of what this episode is about. Um, well, we first talk about gut health and how that links to uh, vaginal health, the vagine and the yoni, whatever you want to call it. Um, because she's experienced some issues there as well, like a majority of us women have. So I'm really happy that she's able to open up and chat about that. Um, but the emotional side of things with her significant other, um, he in the past had an addiction to substance abuse and it's been a wild ride for them for the past four years, four years, five years, something like that. They've been together for a long time. We'll dive into it in the episode, but, um, yeah, there have been several ups and downs, um, which I have been there to see. And I'm sure I haven't even seen like the depths of it. Um, so yeah, she opens up there and gets really vulnerable about how that's impacted her health and how that's also been a mirror for her to address some of her own emotional traumas and call herself out on some things because, I mean, a relationship works if you guys are both doing the work, right? I mean, yeah, he has his own things that he might need to heal, um, but maybe she does too. So I'm really excited for her to chat about that. So I will stop rambling now and I'll let you guys, um, hear the juicy stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Do you want to be in optimal health by having better digestion, glowing skin, better sleep, and more energy? That's where I come in. I help women heal so they can own their bodies by having better digestion cycles and moods. My customized programs are for you if you have thyroid issues, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acne, or other chronic conditions, and if you're committed to making the food and lifestyle changes needed in order to reach your goals. If this sounds like you, shoot me an email to schedule your free discovery call at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. 
So, so welcome to the show. I'm recording. Oh, we're <laughs> okay. Countdown. No. Okay. Well, welcome. No. welcome. You're welcoming me to my show. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's scratch that. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> okay, guys. We're gonna stop fucking around now. <laughs> how how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm actually doing really good. I like this whole quarantine thing for me personally. It's nice. Same. I can, I'm still working. I can still see all my clients. Um, it's, it's been good. I think it, it works well with my personality. Your personality, your business. And, you know, for everyone who doesn't know, this is airing on Natasha's birthday. She is a Taurus baby. And you know what I just found out? Taurus is an earth sign and I have two earth signs in my chart and then Aries is my my fire sign. Yeah. I don't know what your moon and your uh, rising are. What are your moon and rising? Do you know? So my moon is Aries. My rising is Sagittarius. Oh, you have the opposite of me, dude. Yeah. You have one earth sign and two fire signs. Yeah. It's strange because I don't, maybe I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen like that fire <laughs> you're so grounded and so earthy i feel like yeah, very few people can bring it out <laughs> it has it so, definitely come out <laughs> that's funny wow that's i didn't know that yeah that's so cool i'm like so fascinated by astrology at this I, I do point of my life i do want to learn more about it about astrology mm -hmm. and human design all that stuff i want to learn more about yeah it. it just helps you understand yourself on a deeper level and how you can navigate certain conversations and even in the workplace, like knowing these things is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so for anyone like who's skeptical about this stuff, like, yeah, it can seem a little woo woo. I'm all into the woo woo stuff. Yeah. You already know, like I love woo woo. <laughs> and I, I don't think I really, I don't want to say I never was, I was always open. And I think that's the main um point that I'm trying to drive home is like as long as we're open we don't have to fully believe in like everything as long as we're open to hearing these new perspectives I think that's fun I don't know it's just a fun thing and I love getting to know myself a little bit more yeah I mean it's definitely more fun to be open <laughs> to yourself and to other other new things yeah okay guys we're gonna stop talking oh, and yeah. <laughs> being super random. <laughs> random. Um, so, for everyone who hasn't caught on, this is Natasha, my beautiful cousin, <laughs> who I've known my my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we've just gotten so so close over the past few years because of our, um, what am I trying to say? Like our like minded. Yes, we like passions. a lot of the similar, it's a lot of yeah. passions and we, I don't know, we're into a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We love food. We love working out. We love all of the holistic wellness stuff and just understanding our bodies on a deeper level. So I actually um, just became a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Natasha is almost at the end. Almost yeah, and we'll be able to run functional diagnostic lab tests on our clients, help them understand where in the body there is dysfunction, and then issue a bio-individual customized protocol so that we can get things back into balance. So 
It is awesome. And Natasha is doing that in addition to being a certified personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And that started how many years ago? That started, uh, let me see. I think it was around like 2013. So seven, seven years ago, a long time ago. That's amazing. And she's totally revamping her business to incorporate that like nutrition side of things because we know that wellness is so much more than just nutrition and movement, but like also incorporating all facets of wellness and the emotional side of things and spirituality and just connecting everything because yeah, health is everything. It's not just one thing. There's so many pieces to the puzzle and we're also here to like help navigate people because we know how overwhelming it can be. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much out there, so much contradicting evidence, so much conflicting evidence. Um, But we've been through our own health struggles, so that makes us relatable. So, yeah, we've kind of getting better at filtering out, you know, trends and what's yes. There's so many trends, and people are like, "Oh, what do I eat to lose weight?" And new diets, the quick fixes, the keto, the whole thirty. I mean, like, don't be wrong. I think the intention behind all of these diets is that people want to better themselves and like eat better. And I think if you go from a standard American diet to any of these, like that is definitely like a better, better alternative given that you do have a gallbladder and know how to support if you don't have a gallbladder, like if you go and do keto and you don't have a gallbladder, Oh yeah, that's like, it's a problem. That, that's a problem. It can be, it can be totally dangerous. Um, but yeah, knowing things like that, small things like that is really important. Um, but what am I trying to say? So you are revamping that side of yeah. the business. Yeah. So I've been just a personal trainer and I do classes. So I do one-on-one training, group classes, bar classes. Um, uh, it's been just strictly fitness and, you know, I'll give guidelines for nutrition and things like that. But um, it's just, it started to get frustrating because it, it's, what I was able to provide, it was just too general. And every, as you just said a second ago, everyone's different. So I can't just give a food plan to someone and then it works for every, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. work like that. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, And then also understanding like when your female clients like hormones and where those lie, because someone might come to work out like so drained and tired and like might be pushing themselves like way too much. And then also at the end of the workout, like what if they're feeling like way too fatigued? And so having that functional diagnostic lab piece to the equation is going to help you guide your clients even more so they can see results easier. Yeah. And overall results, not just physical. I mean, not just, you know, aesthetic results, you know? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. You want them exactly. to better in general. So that's what got me more interested in the whole holistic nutrition world once mm-hmm. I discovered it, that world, at least. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your personal health struggles. I mean, overall, I feel like you're, you've always been the type of person that like, well, actually, I don't want to say always. You definitely like were, I mean, you've always kind of been into fitness, but you also had like your phase where you like drinking a lot, which is like not something to be ashamed of. And you got all of that out of your system and you had fun, you enjoyed it. Um, 
but then came some some health issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a long period of time, you know, early 20s or even before I was 20s, you know, I would like to have fun, go out, party a lot, drink a, drink a lot, drink way too much. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I didn't think about my liver or anything. I mean, I was young. I would be able to get up the next morning and be fine. It was no, no big deal. Um, anyway, so around that time, you know, I put on some weight. I was heavier. I don't think I was like huge, but I was definitely heavier. Um, and then I remember there was, there was a, even a point when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and mm. I think I was prescribed Synthroid. And so shortly after I lost some weight and then I think I was retested and the doctor said it was within range. So it's fine or something. It was a really long time ago, but, um, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Didn't really pay much attention. And then that was just forgotten about. But then later, 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 maybe like, you know, five, six years ago, um, I was having recurrent BV, which is bacterial vaginosis. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of was the start of my health issues, <laughs> I mm -hmm. guess you can say. Mm -hmm. so, um, so there was recurring that and then there was the yeast infections and then that and then around the same time I was getting, you know, little rashes on my body. And then that kind of prompted me to go to the dermatologist. So when I would get the BV and yeast infection, the doctor would always just prescribe the usual antibiotics, you know, take this, take that and clear it up. And so that's, that was all I knew. So that's just what I did. And so I would keep, that would keep happening over and over. And then I guess, after a period of time, I started getting rashes all over my body, and that wasn't fun. And I went to the dermatologist, and she said, oh, here's a steroid cream. Put it on, and, you know, I'd ask her, what's causing this? Am I eating something? Is, you know, can you test Can you test it? Can you swab it? Can you, can you figure out what's going on? <laughs> and, and I remember it was like winter time, so it wasn't a big deal because I would be covered up. And I was like, the summer's coming soon, and I don't want to have these rashes. And she was like, yeah, just put this cream, and it'll be fine. Um, so I, that answer wasn't good enough for me. I just wasn't – didn't want to accept that. I just had to put this cream all over my body. And the idea of putting a ster ster steroid all over my body was, wasn't that um, appealing to me either. So I, that's when I started doing my own research, you know, my own Googling, and I just kept going, going, going till I discovered the world of, um, you know, functional medicine, mm -hmm. functional nutrition, functional medicine. I had no idea it existed. Um, and it kind of fell in line with how I have lived my life most. You know, I, I've always liked whole foods. I've, you know, I've, there's... I would eat junk food, but for the most part, I'd like whole foods, you know, natural products, natural, all this stuff. So that was appealing to me. And then I just started learning about using food as medicine, um, you know, all the medicinal properties and foods. Mm -hmm. And then that just kind of opened the whole world of, you know, your, your gut function, microbiome, mm -hmm. you know, if your gut is not, you know, balance and you can have all these things happening. And then mm -hmm. that's when I realized all these things were happening. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Gut function is everything. So it was like, you know, if you've taken antibiotics and this, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've taken so much. And mm -hmm. So, and then, um, I think I just 
one day decided I'm just going to like do an experiment and cut out gluten and see what happens. And literally within like a week and a few days, the rashes started clearing up. It's <laughs> amazing. So, you know, so frustrated because I asked this doctor like three times, am I eating something? But I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, doc doctors aren't, tra- you know, they're trained to treat uh, symptoms. So that's, you know, if I had gone to a functional medicine doctor, it would probably would have been a different story. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was what prompted all of that food is medicine and functional nutrition and all of that stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think that so many of us have similar stories. We just don't know these things because growing up, we're taught to go to the doctor and listen to the doctor. Doctor knows best. And I think, Conventional medicine definitely serves a time and place, especially when it comes to emergency medicine. Like (laughs) if you are dying or like, you know, there, there are instances where you just have to take the freaking prescription medication. Um, Even if you're like thyroid is severely struggling, like you might need thyroid medication, but at least temporarily. Temporarily, let's work to get to the bottom of things. Let's work and see like why this is even taking place. Your body was meant to like optimize, um, function optimally. <laughs> yeah, your body was meant to function optimally. Like the, these issues don't just happen. And that's what I want to like drive home here is that a lot of the, the symptoms that a lot of women are experiencing like BV um, or digestive issues or just hormonal issues, you're not just hormonal. I mean, yeah, yeah, our moods or no, our hormones fluctuate all throughout the month because we cycle. So during our like menstrual phase, like we're going to be a little more inward and quiet and just to ourselves. And we need like that restorative like mindset and exercise. But then like when we're ovulating, oh my gosh, like we should feel like on top of the world. We should feel really sociable and just really happy and confident. Um, So Yes, we're hormonal, but if you're struggling with weight gain or, you know, the inability to lose weight, we need to look deeper into gut function because Natasha was saying like gut health is everything. Any dis-ease that we're experiencing in the body is always going to come back to gut health because that is like the center of everything and the gut brain access is so real when our moods are off, even things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, anything with the nervous system, like we need to look at gut function. And we just don't look there because conventional medicine is design, designed to treat like individual parts of the body, right? Yeah. So like if you have digestive issues, go to the GI doctor. Um, and then we're missing the entire rest of the body. So that's why holistic medicine views the body as a whole and we approach it in a functional way. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, at least for me over the past, you know, a couple years, I've really learned to listen to my body. I've learned to mm-hmm. feel when my body's off or something, you know, and like you mentioned about the hormones, I can sense my different feelings throughout the month. Like mm-hmm. I'm feeling a certain way. I'm, I must be getting my period and not just physically. Um, mm-hmm. It's body awareness. Yeah. And I think it's something that we so very much lack um, yeah. because we're in this sympathetic state at all times. And, oh, my God, I, I had a um, 
an episode that I recorded the other day with someone and we were just talking about like, you know how everything circles back to digestion. Like it it all starts there in the gut. Um, Even when we don't have our phones in front of us, even if we're like doing our best to sit at the table and just enjoy a freaking meal, it's about what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. What thoughts are you thinking? Are you thinking about the next thing? Like your body's still in overdrive. Your body's still in a sympathetic state and it can't heal in a sympathetic state. It needs to be in a parasympathetic rest and digest. You need to rest (laughs) and it's so hard. So we can't really tune into our bodies and know them well when we're racing around, running errands, taking care of the kids and going to work and just not even thinking about ourselves and just pushing ourselves to, to the very end, like <laughs> to our edge. And then that's when symptoms start to occur. So dis-ease, like maybe all that, I mean, what can you, okay, I don't want to say like, maybe it was like the lifestyle you were leading, but more importantly, it was like, what really triggered it for you were the rounds and rounds of antibiotics. It sounds like, right. Probably what triggered her. Yeah. And then, you know, over the months and years, like that, it, that it would keep coming back, you know, probably I'm sure there was a lot of stress involved in it because then I would be like stressed if it's going to come back or if it's not. So I, I'm pretty sure that played a part of it. Um, Yeah. So it, and then at that time, you know, that was a period of time when I was drinking more, I wasn't, you know, if I'm drinking more, I'm probably caring a little bit less about how I'm eating or I'm carrying, you know, I'll, I'll pop a few Advil's if I'm hungover. Like I just, mm-hmm. those, I just would care a little bit less about my health because, you know, if I'm drinking or if I'm not taking care of myself, respecting my body, then, you know, it all doesn't work so well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it takes time for this stuff to really heal as well. I think we, we, we also go to conventional medicine because we're, we know we're going to get relief right away. Yeah. If you're lucky sometimes, like when I would go and get a round of antibiotics, I would feel worse because my stools would be so loose. And I didn't know why at the time I was like, doctor, my stools are really loose. Like, is this normal? She's like, Oh yeah. Cause you're depleting like all bacteria all good gut flora, not just the bad guys. Like the antibiotics don't know the difference like to kill the good ones or just to kill the bad ones because the good ones too. So I didn't know about like supplementing with like a probiotic at the time to replenish. Even then like- Your might tell you, oh, eat some yogurt. But I mean- (laughs) No, that that can only do so much. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Especially Mm -hmm. like a- you know, a Dannon sugar filled. Yeah. And that's usually like, Oh my God, I remember eating all the Activia. Yeah. Because it's commercial. And you know, you'll plate all that stuff. And then yeah. so much of it has artificial flavoring, artificial coloring art of, you know, it, it's, it's just something that you probably don't want to be eating, especially if you're trying to heal your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by going to the doctor, we know we're going to get symptom relief and we want to feel better. That's the goal. That's the intention. Yeah. I think with functional medicine, it's going to require you to do some work. It's going to require you to go to the grocery store. It's going to require you to be patient with yourself and give yourself grace. And, um, 
for your body to really heal. It won't heal overnight. It won't heal in just a couple of weeks or months, maybe. Depending on the severity of your case, it could take a year or so. Well, your body, you know, it took a period of time for your body to get to a certain point. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of stuff going on inside of your body that you may not mm -hmm. have known or felt, but it was working up to that dis-ease. Um, so it's going to take some time to, you know, get it back working optimally, optimally, mm -hmm. optimally. I can't <laughs> optimally. optimally. It is a strange word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am grateful that we have found this place where we're able to, I mean, just the community and tools that we have access to. I feel like we're so I lucky. A lot of answers to like, I remember, being younger, be like, why do, why does cancer happen? Or why do, and people would just, oh, it just happens. And I'm like, it just happens. Just no, happens. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, now, you know, learning what I'm learning and it, it, you know, it makes sense of a lot of things. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Like, people don't just get cysts. You don't just get cancer. Like it's not a, you know, gamble. I mean, it's not, a, it's not like just a unlucky thing. It, mm -hmm. it happens because, you know, our lifestyle or, you know, genes do play a part, but, um, what triggers those genes to really mutate are, are your lifestyle, your environment and how, mm -hmm. how you treat your body for all the years leading up to, you know, whatever may happen. Yeah. I think what we need to remind people of is that, yeah, it takes a lot of work taking the time to go to the grocery store, clean out your pantry, transition to cleaner uh, foods and products, um, skincare, yeah. uh, removing yeah. toxins from your life, yeah. removing toxic people from your life. Like that's so hard. That's so, that's the emotional piece of it. And like, I think a lot of people can relate to that in the sense that maybe someone has been a part of their life for so, so long. They just can't imagine themselves without them. And, and letting go of that, whether it's a friend, a partner, whoever, if they're preventing you, like that is self-sabotage at its finest because you're literally preventing yourself from healing. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest pill to swallow out of all of it. Yeah. If something, if something or someone is toxic and, you know, they're taking up space in your life, mm -hmm. you just won't have space for, you know, something else or some, you know, for yourself to grow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah I think those are always hard decisions and hard I mean no one really knows what's the right thing to do <laughs> yeah no one really we're all just like here trying to figure it out we're just you know winging it as we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I totally agree and I think it's really hard to measure like what's most important um because like I said, I think it's everything. It's nutrition, it's sleep. Oh my God. But I also think like, I don't know, like nutrition is big, but I think that was for me, like one of the easiest things to get down. I don't know about you, but that was like for me, one of the easiest yeah, things. Same. I've, I've always been into nutrition. I've always been into food. I've always, I'm, you know, I've, now I love to cook more than ever. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, that hasn't been an issue for me. The only thing is maybe if I felt something was off, I mean, cutting things out, like, you know, cutting back on sugar, cutting like those little things can be a little harder, but n no, in general, nutrition has been the easy part for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then movement too, like has been really easy yeah, for you. Like, and, you know, getting out in nature, that's been, you know, that's been my relief. Mm-hmm. I think um, what a lot of it is, and this might be the hardest piece of it all is, is managing stress and situations that arise on a regular basis for us because stress is inescapable. It'll always be there. It's about how we manage it. And then also taking a deeper dive because for me, like the missing link was addressing all of my childhood trauma. Yeah. And like, I keep mentioning childhood trauma and everyone's like, you had a perfect childhood. Like you were fine. And like, that's okay. Like I very much am so grateful for the childhood that I have. It's how certain situations were modeled for me mm-hmm. and how I carried those into relationships or friendships today and just the subconscious programming that was instilled in me at, at, at a young age. And even like smaller scale traumas, like um, difficult breakups, emotional abandonment, being ghosted, like, those are things that many people are looking over and are not addressing because we all just, I don't know. I mean, a lot of us go through it, but we don't consider it trauma because we're used to like the bigger scale things. Yeah. Because trauma is such a big word. It's heavy. It's loaded. Um, But for me, the symptoms stopped lingering in my tissues and my cells and reoccurring once I started to address those and doing the work. And that has been the hardest part of all. Cause I, I'm still learning. It's a practice like every single day never ending. <laughs> and calling yourself out. Yeah. It's never ending. It's, it's gonna, that's the best part. I think though, Yeah, like being able to be okay, not done. I can. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what's the point of that? Like yeah. you're done, you're done being a student. You're, you're done learning. No, they're like, there'll be always something to learn. And it's exciting for me. Like I love getting up in the morning and doing my chakra, like cleansing Kundalini practice, my breath work, yeah. my, my toning. Oh my gosh. I tone. Okay. I have to do this so for the show. Is, this is, what is toning? I have, I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. So toning is a way to clear the throat chakra. So anything you have if you have trouble speaking your truth, if you are afraid to speak up, (laughs) I think we all could use some like throat clearing. Um, And for me, that's also been manifesting as a physical symptom of phlegm. So any like mucus underlying in the throat. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to do a little toning for you guys. Okay. Let's see it. it. The, the point, the intention behind it is that once you hear your voice, like, it's not necessarily, it's like a sound or singing bowl, um, but it's your tone. So it's coming from you and like, you just close your eyes and you feel it and you just go. So, so is that similar to when you like, um, like kind of do like an ohm with your mouth closed? Similar idea? Um, and then go mm, like that. I I think I can't remember what om means. I mean, it means something. Um, I don't know what it technically means in like yoga, but I know that it like kind of warms up. mm. It's part of there. It's part of certain breathing exercises. 
Mm, I'm going to look that up. Probably. It's probably similar. But yeah, you just go at different octaves. So like lower tones, higher tones, and then just closing your eyes and taking a deep breath and doing it just a few times is like so healing. It feels so good. I'm going to have to look that one up. Highly recommend. Yeah. Um, To work on releasing my throat chakra and speaking. Yes. Yes. It's not, it's not something, I mean, even just doing this. this (laughs) I know. And I think out of my zone. Yeah. It's, I mean, for me too, like it's so God, I don't know what anyone's thinking, like listening to this podcast, but like, it definitely is on my mind. Like, what do people think of me? But I think you start speaking your truth when you stop that. And you are not afraid of what people have to say because people are always going to say something. And even though I think we don't have to have an opinion on everything, I think the majority of the population tends to have opinions and um, that's okay. You know, to each their own. Um, But anyway, so we've kind of gone over a lot. So your health journey (laughs) and, where that brought you today. Yeah. You know, I finally, as far as like the BV, the bacterial vaginosis, which is very common in women, Mm -hmm. a lot of people probably don't talk about it, but I, I was actually didn't like to talk about it either until I started learning more about it and how common it is. But, um, I found out that changing your diet was like everything, changing your diet, cutting back on sugar, took a bunch of probiotics. Um, uh-huh. And then just tried to stay away from all those antibiotics. But um, yes, you're, you know, basically you have your micro, your gut function in your gut, and then you have the whole, whole separate flora in your vagina, and it's all, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Oh man, I've gone through my share of yeast infections and BV too, and how candida was connected to that as well. So you had to, I guess, cut sugar and we'll cut a lot of things. I had to cut. Oh my God. (laughs) I was so much, but what, like I said, like it, I was doing all the right things, but I wasn't addressing the trauma Yeah, and the stress in my life. I was pretending it wasn't there, although my thoughts were thinking it. So externally, I looked fine. But on the inside, like I was just creating the suffering for myself. And for me, oh my gosh, it has has taken me on a journey, a wild ride of like just getting to know myself on a deeper, intimate level, connecting with my feminine energy and balancing out the masculine and the feminine actually, because the masculine is there to like set boundaries. And I have been one to allow people to cross boundaries or not even set them in the first place, but just be completely open to people. And yeah, the whole boundaries things that, that was new. That's been new to me. And yeah, I I see how, you know, how it can be so helpful with yourself with your relationships um you know with your partner with your family and you know yeah if you don't set any boundaries it it, you know it makes it harder for everyone I think boundaries too is 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 really hard to understand like we're just at the beginning of it but I think 
people see it as selfish and like, oh my God, how could she say no? Or like whatever the case may be, whatever the instance is, I've gotten a lot of reactions to the boundaries I've been setting. And especially with family, it's been hard because you're like, they're your family. You're, you're willing to do whatever it is for them. And yes, like there are certain instances where that is the case, but there's some instances where like, no, I need to draw a line because it doesn't matter who it is. If it feels toxic to you or stressful to you, like you need to talk about that and you need to be aware of that. I think that's the biggest piece too, is um, being aware of it because a lot of us just think that it's normal for a family to be enmeshed, um, which is not a good thing. Cause that can, yeah, that can be very toxic to your healing. Yeah. Um, it's something that, you know, something's going to bother you or if it's going to, you know, cause stress for you later, then, you know, that's probably something to look at. There might have to be a boundary set somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Boundary setting is really freaking hard. Um, I'm still working on it. I actually just wrote out a list of boundaries that I want to set in my journal the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, even for myself, even something as simple as like while we're in quarantine, I need to be working upstairs in the office. Like I cannot be downstairs with my mom all day. God love her. I love you, mom. <laughs> but I can't. I mean, yeah, you just won't get <laughs> stuck and you won't get things done. I mean, you get stuck, you won't get things done or it just creates tension. Like it's better for the both of us that I sit upstairs in my office and focus and not let this become, uh, not let work get common to like my home life. Cause I was doing work in like the living room. That's like my home. That's my retreat. That's where I work. Let's keep like the office in the office. And then, yeah you can relax and rejuvenate and wind down and let go and have fun everywhere else in the house. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really had no idea what boundaries were. I didn't know anything about, you know, mindfulness perspectives, any, any of that stuff. I mean, that was just not even in my vocabulary or same. But then, I'm, I mean, as I mentioned to you before, actually, thanks to you, I do have, to thank you for introducing me to podcasts because you, <laughs> yeah, I remember a long time ago you tagged Mind Body Green. I'm listening to Mind Body Green podcast. <laughs> and I was like, you know, maybe I should make my car rides more, you know, educational. Let's yes. check out what these podcasts are about. So that's when I, you know, discovered the whole, you know, went down the rabbit hole, started, discovered Ignited podcast, discovered many other great podcasts. Um, by the way, I love Organic Olivia's podcast, but um, yes, <laughs> it was like one of cool. She like has so much stuff in there. Um, yeah. So anyways, that opened the whole world of, you know, you know, perspective, your ego, your, you know, then I, I started being interested, like having the desire to like read more. I wanted to, I, it just made me so curious about learning about yourself and about people and that there's so much to it than just, you know, hi, how are you? Okay, cool. Bye. That's, you know, there's so, it it just made me very curious to learn more and I wanted to learn more and I still want to learn more. And then, you know, I read some books, some books that you suggested actually, um, a new earth. That was a good one. 
I love that book. It's so good. If you guys don't know the work of Eckhart Tolle, like he has transformed my life. I learned about him through Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast. Okay. And she has had him on the show. They've gone through like every single chapter together. Um, He is one of the best teachers. Like he just the way he breaks things down, like I need to reread. I actually told my friend I was going to reread that book because I read it like two, two, three, three years ago. I read it three years ago. How much has my mind changed since three years ago? So now you go in through, you pick up that book with like a new mentality. So it's funny that you said that because a couple weeks ago, I felt like I was kind of not stuck, but just kind of in like a weird mood. I was like, I need to like, I need like a refresher or something. So I actually picked up that book and I was reread that chapter. I I think towards the end, I think it was like finding your true self. I I can't even remember. It was some chapter towards the end, but, and you read it differently when you pick it back up much later. Um, Oh my God. I'm going to totally do this today. And it actually made me feel a lot. I felt like I was like stuck in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that kind of opened my mind up to, you know, you're shifting your perspective and seeing things differently and just being open-minded and which, I mean, I think I'm pretty open-minded person. I'm not a very conventional person in general. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, lot of, lots of thanks to Greg's like, thanks to Greg. He has. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Greg, let's tell the people who Greg is. <laughs> Greg is my boyfriend of five years. He has had very big part in all of this (laughs) but um so yeah so the whole podcast that that has been very eye-opening for me that kind of just led me down many changes in my mindset and that has been like you said the missing piece that was holding me back like I could eat well exercise but I don't think my mind was it, it was it wasn't it was very closed. It was very closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'm still slowly trying to open it up. Um, and then I just kind of just started doing a lot of self evaluation. Like I would just try to be more aware of myself, my emotions, my actions, my reactions, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. at a point when uh, I think it was maybe like a year ago or something, I, started evaluating like why I, why I would drink so much when I drink, like, why do I have to keep drinking or why do I have to like get super drunk or were you numbing? Exactly. So then I, I was just like, it, I got to a point where I was just thinking about everything and I was like, well, maybe I need to like stop drink, like completely cut alcohol and see, cause if I'm trying to do this work on myself, then I don't want it like alcohol to have any interference. And so I kind of just, um it can fog the mind yeah and then like there was a point when I would drink and then the following morning I would have really bad anxiety and Mm. I was just like this is this must be my body telling me that I need to like take a step back and Mm. reevaluate what I'm doing why I'm doing it and um that was that was um that was good I mean I, I was able to you know not drink any alcohol and go out and be okay and guess I was just a little test for myself. Um, and you know, I was trying to 
think about why I drink. Why, why do people drink? Why, when you're at the bar, why do you have to like order shots? Like, and then I was just evaluating every, I was just analyzing everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's, it was very eye opening for myself. Yeah. And how do you feel? Because I want to dive into like your relationship because I think this is like a really beautiful thing to share after everything that you guys have been through Um, and how it's allowed you. I, I really think our relationships can be the best teachers and also the people that trigger you the most are the best teachers. Yeah. And I feel like this has allowed you to even go, go even more inward with yourself. And also I'm sure you've had to work on like setting boundaries there too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We've had, we've, we're still working on trying to figure out the whole boundary thing within the relationship, but um, yeah, Greg has been a very big part of this. Um, So Greg in general is just a very open person. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, I mean, he will just say it all. <laughs> say, say what he's thinking. Say what he's thinking. And, um, you know, he's a very open person. He's an open book. He's talk about, he wants to talk about feelings and emotions and all like, of, what is this? All of those things. And, you know, and there was a, my, me growing up, that was not a part of my life. I mean, there was almost little to no communication within my family. I mean, we would just do things. We would go out, you know, but we never ever talked about how something made us feel or how that it just wasn't, I had zero tools in that department. Um, So whenever Greg would like, you know, try to push and talk about something, it would, it would always just get pushed to the side. And we went many years with it always just put pushed to the side. Um, and then I think, you know, it, then it started having an effect, you know, you can't have, a. he didn't want to be in a relationship where there was no communication. And for me at the time, I really didn't, it didn't bother me because I really, that's just what I was used to. I mean, we didn't really have to talk about anything deep and I was fine with that, but it started to get to him. He was like, no, this is, we need to like talk about things and it would make me so uncomfortable and I would avoid it. Um, so he definitely would try to pull things out of me. And at the time, cause I wasn't ready, it would be very uncomfortable and unpleasant for me. Mm-hmm. That would cause a lot of tension between us. Mm-hmm. And then once, um, you know, in the relationship, there was some dishonesty from my part and that triggered some things within us that, you know, trust was lost. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we threw in an addiction in there. So then that kind of just complicated things even more. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of let things get kind of out of control. We didn't do any work with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know how to do any work with each other. I definitely mm-hmm. not. He didn't know how to, we didn't know mm-hmm. how to, we didn't know anything about each other's triggers. What, you know, how to consider each other's feelings or any of that stuff. We were just totally flying in different directions. And um, it just, it had, it, it was a tough period of time. Well, I think so many of us can relate and myself too, because in my past relationship that I had, I, 
when we're hurt by someone, we tend to be like closed off. And I think a lot of us miss the part where staying open, like having an open heart, even when you're angry, even when you're going through conflict with your partner, at least you're expressing the anger with an open heart and you're not retreating and running away. As long as like, obviously like within reason, like if this person is completely, um, what am I trying to say? Unwilling to do the work. And also if they, you know, if it, if there's like physical abuse and like, you know, that's a whole different story, but I'm saying like within the realms of, um, if you guys both want each other and you feel like this, this is a person worth fighting for and you're able to look at yourself and look at your triggers and see how they trigger you and see if you can take a step back and bring higher self into the equation rather than running straight off ego. I think ego is there to protect us. Ego serves a purpose, but I mean, I've named my ego. I don't know about you. Her name, her name is Becky. Becky, Becky, Becky. She is, yeah, she's there to protect me. Like she, that's where the, like the defensiveness comes in or like, I, I'm want to prove myself right. Or, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with me or like, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, that's ego and thinking that you don't play a role in the argument or conflict. Like if you're in a relationship, like it takes two to make something happen. Like, and there was a long period of time when I was like, no, like I'm fine. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. Like he's doing this to me. Like he's, you know, he's playing victim. He's, he's, how dare he, you know, take drugs or how dare he do this to me or how dare he, you know, I made it all about me. And, you know, I, I didn't take responsibility for my part in our issues. Um, because, you know, my, my, my own issues played a huge part in, you know, the the reason why we couldn't make progress. And, you know, we both played our parts. Um, Mm -hmm. so one side, you know, for such a long period of time, I was exactly the ego had taken over, like, and I didn't really know how else to process anything. I didn't process anything. It was just, that's what it was. Like, he's doing this, he's doing that. And I'm here, he's doing it to me. But until I finally made the little shift, it started out with just a very minor shift um, in perspective and me taking responsibility for my part in the relationship. And then, you know, instead of screaming and, you know, I remember there would be so many times I would just get in a fight and I would just lock myself in the room and just be like, leave me alone. Like, this is it. And we would just not resolve anything, you know. And sometimes you do need that space. No, like sometimes okay. you need that space. And then, but you should come back to it and you, yeah. you should come back to it with a clear mind and it, you should try to resolve it. But at that time, we would just throw it under the rug, and it would things would just build and build and build, and that did neither of us any good. <laughs> I think this is where setting containers comes in so well, um, because 
my past partner had to do the exact same. Like I wanted to be so open. I wanted to fix it right then and there. We got to talk about this. Come on, like, come on, come on, come on. And it's like not wanting to sit in that discomfort of, okay, my partner and I need some space because of the attachment and abandonment issues that I've had in the past and more so self-abandoning and also feeling abandoned by past partners. And so when, when my partner needed his own space to just wind down and be with his thoughts before he even responded to me, otherwise he was going to flip. And I pushed him to that edge because I couldn't sit in that discomfort of like, but here comes his part, Kiara, I need an hour. That's your container. That's your container to be like, I need an hour to just go sit with myself and be angry and be sad and process everything. Then let's come back and talk about this. Yeah. So that, that was for me, that was me. Like I, there would be times when it would just be too heated too much. And I needed to like decompress, but you know, when things were toxic, you know, I didn't know how to set a boundary or a strict boundary. And so he couldn't respect that. And Mm. so it, it would, it was very toxic. You know, he wouldn't respect what I needed. I wouldn't respect what he needed. Um, and so, you know, we just, we couldn't get anywhere until we made some changes. Mm-hmm. And I think my past partner was really good at setting boundaries and I was really good at crossing them. And my codependency played a, such a big role in me being attached and also like me trying to fix. And I saw like where his quote unquote flaws were, even though they, they weren't really flaws. They were just him setting a boundary. And I was using emotional manipulation as a technique to make him feel guilty. And I didn't realize that was such a toxic feminine trait. And I'm just learning so much about like the masculine and feminine energies right now. And it's so, so cool because we, we all have a masculine and feminine energy and it's about bringing them into harmony in a healthy way, because there is the toxic feminine, there's the toxic masculine. And a lot of that, I mean, it's a lot it's a lot, but just being able to like, look at yourself and call yourself out on certain things. That's what leads to growth. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So Greg had an addiction. You had your own emotional underlying traumas, let's call them. Yeah. And that played a part into everything that happened, but through the five years, I mean, as of lately, you guys have been able to, I feel like become so much closer and um, find a healing path. And I think he has, he's the one who's also been doing the work. It hasn't just been you. Like that is so important. Like if you're in a relationship with someone and you're calling yourself out on these things, but the other person isn't and is just sitting back and thinking that, you know, yeah, I'm here to support you, but I like, I don't have anything to work on, but Greg is doing that work. And he went to an Ibogaine retreat. So what is Ibogaine? So Ibogaine, it's, it's, it's a plant medicine. Um, it's used, it's more commonly used to get people uh, off of opiates. So it's, you know, here in the U.S., there's a lot of detox facilities. There's rehab facilities where, you know, you go through a detox and you're super, super sick and, you know, you clear your body from all this stuff. And um, and then they kind of just set you back out into the world and 
you're on your own. Um, so he did do that a couple of times, which, you know, they weren't very successful long-term, but so he's, he's known about Ibogaine for a long time, but we, he had to go to Mexico. So you, it, it's a, it's a plan. I think it was administered in a pill form. I'm not, I can't remember, but you usually don't experience any withdrawal symptoms, little to no withdrawal symptoms. And I don't know exactly how it works, but I know it, it's, it's a psych, it can, it's a psychedelic. So it kind of reshuffles some brain, brain receptors and yes. there are even a couple of days where you hallucinate and it kind of just, I, I don't even know how to, it, it reshuffles something where you, it's almost like a reset where you don't, because a lot of people are on opiates, a lot of people on opiates or lots of drugs, you know, they may do it to find relief from depression or anxiety and things like that. And that was the case with Greg. He, he experienced depression and he says it has, it has helped. Um, but he has to do continued work. He has to, you know, take care of his body. He has to move. He has to exercise. He has to do. So it looks like he has been doing little yoga. With this quarantine, he's been slacking off a little eat oh, really? more but I try to pull him in sometimes to the gym with me that's awesome <laughs> he lasted about two minutes with, uh, with me <laughs> <laughs> three minutes we love the effort and then like the next day you guys are in Mexico and he like just sat in the room and like meditated yeah so he was you know that this Ibogaine treatment is about a week long and then after that he was he was feeling good so I ended up meeting him there so we stayed another week um and yeah, he, he felt good. He felt motivated. He, you know, he felt the need that, you know, he wants to incorporate meditation and he's reading more and he's, he, he's always liked to read, but now he's reading again. Um, Amazing. Mm. I love the power of plant medicine. So I've done my own ayahuasca journey and I want to do another ayahuasca journey in Costa Rica or Peru. Um, because I feel like that was just the beginning of everything. So when I went, I mean, it wasn't for an addiction or anything, but it was to see um, my ancestors, spirits, and just talk with them to see why there's so much pain in my family, why I've carried. I just felt like I have been this vessel that has carried so much trauma in, like my whole life. And it's, I don't know. So I was just really intrigued, like hearing a lot of other people's like ayahuasca journeys and yeah, yeah I really want to. I've, yeah. I've really want to either by myself or, I mean, I've talked about it with Greg for us both to like go on a retreat. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it can be, I don't know. I've just heard so many amazing stories and I, I feel like it's something that could be very opening for myself. Mm-hmm. it's powerful and it's not for everyone yeah, like it's not something that you just read about and you're like oh let's go do that that sounds cool I think it it's something that really needs to like I don't know they say call you but you know yeah and I was like I feel like I feel like I'm being called to it like I've it, there's something about it that's really yeah. intriguing to me yeah. So I was reading How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. For everyone who's interested, that's the book like that 
And Greg, I think read it too. He didn't finish it, and I have I have it here. We I haven't finished it either. I got into a few chapters, but oh my gosh, it's amazing! Interesting. So just the power of psychedelics and how to rewire rewire your mind. Um, I think every form of medicine, like there are so many forms of medicine, but this is like one that's really really powerful, and it's like open heart surgery. Like you have to be prepared for it. You have to be called to it. It's not for everyone. They also said like. Um, shrooms are like a deep tissue massage, whereas the ayahuasca is like open heart surgery. Like I just said, so like just comparing those is just, I mean, you're just, so when I went through my journey, I started hallucinating. Like I had pink and warm red colors and I started like a smile, like overcame my face and it, it felt so beautiful and warm and just like, oh my gosh, this feeling of warmth just overcame my body. But then that quickly took a left turn. (laughs) (laughs) Not so fun anymore. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. What did I just get myself into? I was on my hands and knees wanting to purge because that's the intention. You're supposed to purge the toxins, emotional and physical toxins or chemical toxins. But I was having such a hard time. And this is what I learned about myself. I want to be in control. Ego wants to be in control and I have a hard time letting go. And I don't want to feel discomfort. So I wasn't letting myself purge. I literally held it in because I was like, this is going to hurt so bad. (laughs) And I hate throwing up. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Natasha has uh, lions in her house, everyone. Uh, <laughs> oh my god they're literally singing that's so funny um oh they <laughs> like, I know that feeling um fine oh my god <laughs> where are they they're right outside the door oh my god just, there must be fire trucks or something i think they're almost done Okay. Okay. That's so funny. So I I ended up seeing my dad and my grandfather. Oh my my god! And they were like looking down on me as if I was a little girl, and they were saying stuff, but I couldn't articulate what they were saying. Um, and then I was I didn't let myself feel anymore. I literally got up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I wanted to leave and it was so frightening. It was so scary, but then it wasn't. And then I was like, just sinking back into the state and I wanted to feel, I felt like nauseous again. And then I finally like tried to make myself throw up and I did a little bit. I ate a little bit, which made me throw up even more. And I I mean, I can go into ayahuasca, but basically you're, the dieta you're supposed to do is supposed to like, it's like everything that you put into your mind, everything that you put into your body, like staying away from anything that um, can take it away from its balanced state. So even anything spicy, they recommend like a vegetarian diet, like two yeah. weeks before, like all that's so critical. So the medicine is like a lot easier to absorb into your body. Um, and then later I had an experience because there were two ayahuasca ceremonies. So later that night I had an experience underneath the stars. This is like all outside guys, like underneath the stars in the woods. It was amazing. And then I, um, what's it called? Oh yeah. So 
I heard like this mystical creature. It was so strange. And I only took a little bit of the medicine because the medicine is still in you from like hours before. And you're in the state for like six to eight hours. Like it's a long time. So just be prepared if you ever do it. And um, it's much easier for you to get into that meditative state once you take it the second time. So I only took a little bit. And within like an hour or something, I heard something. This mystical creature saying, Kiara. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, where is this coming from? And then I just fell asleep. Mm. Like, I did not have like a really crazy experience that I've heard stories about, like people really seeing their ancestors and talking to them and finding out why there's so much pain. But when I was around all the other people who were having these experiences, it was amazing. And it was like very healing and so powerful. And um, there is one thing that you can do to get even deeper. It's called rape. I think every place does it differently, but rape is basically tobacco smoke that's blown into your nostril, which goes straight to your head and induces that purging. So like if you feel sick, you should do that to help get all that stuff out of you. But I didn't want to do that because I was like, that sounds like it fucking hurts. I don't want to do it. So I was scared. And I want to do this again because I feel like I have the ability to let go of things now and to be able to set ego aside and just surrender. Yeah. It's like, I remember because um, before I, I, I've taken, you know, eaten shrooms before and before uh, we got to do them. I know I was very nervous because um, I was worried. I wouldn't know just like you said, how to let go. Um, and you know, after the first time I ate them, I, I felt like I was okay. So it kind of made me a little feel better about it that I did have the ability to just let go of whatever was going to happen to happen. And I don't know. I think that's just an important, just in general, just to let, let go, not, not stress about things. Yeah. <laughs> that what's, what's going to happen. Just, you know, let it go. Yeah. I've had, and I told you about this, I had my own human experience, but it wasn't like nearly what you experienced at all because one, I'd like did it too late and two, it was like in capsule form and it wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't get the full experience, but I definitely want to try them with you and just have, because people, use, you guys, this is not just for fun. Yeah, we're, not, we're not just trying to go home. <laughs> this is not just for fun. It's not just a party, although you can. And that's kind of how, like, the the these psychedelics became for. illegal because people were abusing them and going to, like, the lengths of the earth to do crazy stuff with them and hurt themselves. Uh, but if you use them intentionally and, like, set intentions, make a safe space around these psychedelics like they can be so powerful i highly highly recommend how to change your mind by michael pollan read the book order it it's a good <laughs> I, i'm only a few chapters in and i was like this is going to be a good book amazing yeah so that i mean shrooms i mean plant medicine it, it's really opened my eyes to i mean i've been very interested in um like herbalism mm. just mm-hmm. you know just the the power you know the power of the plants i mean they can mm-hmm. be very very powerful so i've been so i have a shelf of 
you know, dried herbs and I'm trying to, you know, learn how to make different oh my gosh. and <gasps> like, I wish we lived closer. I know when this quarantine's over, we're going to have to make short drives. Yes. Little Polina yogurt jars. <laughs> I use them for like my dried herbs and stuff. And it's just another reason why I'm very intrigued with the word bloom. It's just plants and, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's all very, very interesting to me. I want to learn more and more. Amazing. Well, we've covered a lot today and I think that we've left the people with a lot. Um, we're kind of just all over the place. We're all over the place, but this is like how it is y'all. This is how we talk. And this is just, we talk about everything. So just wanted you guys to get to know Natasha a little bit more. If you guys are interested in her services, she's located in Maryland, um, Rockville, and she offers her services, um, in person and she'll be able to start. I mean, are you taking clients virtually? I mean, I know right now you are, but I mean, like, I mean, clients virtually, I mean, I have class group classes. If people like the group setting and Yep, I'm able to continue on from home. It's great. Amazing. Um, okay, so I have la- one last question for you. What makes you human? Oh, what makes me human? Because um, it is the human experience. Oh, it is. Um, I mean, it, so what makes what I think what makes me human is you know I'm const- I constantly have to do check-ins with myself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the you know shift my perspectives, you know, remind myself that everyone has their own perspective. Everyone has, you know, experienced their own things. Everyone has grown up differently. So sometimes, you know, if I, I'm trying to have more and more awareness of myself. So if I catch myself falling into maybe an old pattern or an old thought process, I always have to give myself little check-ins Mm-hmm. Like little phoenix moments, just exactly. like kind of like rebirth. Okay, okay, why am I getting mad about this right now? Okay, it's probably mm-hmm. because this and this and this. So I think I'm human because you know I'm not perfect. You know I'm probably gonna there's probably gonna be times when I react, you know, not in the best way, and I, but I'm hopefully gonna check myself mm-hmm. and remind myself that we're all just here learning how to live. Yes. I love that so much. There's so much unknown. The, the unknown is very exciting and we're all just learning as we go and just trusting the process. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Where can everyone find you? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram. My, uh, my Instagram name is Natasha five, five, eight, six. And our birthday, go wish her a birthday. Thanks. Since it's gonna be released on my birthday, it's my birthday today. No. <laughs> um, birthday month. Yes, birthday month. Taurus season. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. I mean, probably the easiest way to find me and see what I'm up to is on Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Until next time, guys. <laughs> Bye. 
Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.